Welcome to Data Points, a podcast by InterSystems Learning Services. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Links can be found at datapoints.intersystems.com. I'm Derek Robinson, and on today's episode, I'll chat with product manager Benjamin DeBow about what's new and noteworthy in the 2021.1 release of InterSystems Iris. Welcome to the Data Points Podcast by InterSystems Learning Services. On today's episode, I'm welcoming back a familiar guest if you're a regular listener of the podcast, and that is Benjamin DeBeau. Benjamin will talk to us about the 2021.1 release of InterSystems Iris. From analytics to business intelligence to machine learning to development gateways and to fire improvements, Benjamin will walk us through all of the latest and greatest from the most recent release of InterSystems Iris. All right, and welcome to the podcast, Benjamin DeBeau, making what I think is your third podcast appearance now. So, Benjamin, thanks for joining us. A pleasure, Derek. Thanks for having me. Um, so today we're going to talk about the 2021.1 release of InterSystems Iris and kind of talk about what's in that and what's exciting and what should be, you know, getting people's attention with this release. So um, let's say I see you today in the elevator. You have 10 seconds to give me the rundown of what's new in this release of InterSystems Iris. What would you say? That's unfair. You're on one of the highest floors of the building. But anyway, <laughs> so I think the most important thing or the most important leap forward that we made in this release is what we did in analytics. We've made really a lot of investments. Um, we've introduced InterSystems Iris Adaptive Analytics, which is a new add-on capability in this release. We've made integrated ML, which we've talked about before, now a core part of the standard release. And we've also significantly upped our game in SQL to support analytical queries. Nice, nice. So you clocked in just in time there. But let's say now we're getting off at the same floor and you have a few uh, more seconds to talk about some of this in more detail. So tell us a little bit about adaptive analytics. I know this has been mentioned uh, in one of our recent episodes. We talked about analytics and AI. Um, give us a little bit more of a breakdown of adaptive analytics. because That's one of the big new things that, that pops out at me in that in that uh, 10 second description. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's probably worth its own dedicated podcast in a, in, in a while. But essentially, it enables customers to define their logical data model on top of data that's in their uh, iris database uh, in, in in business terms so business measures business dimensions that it makes sense to business users and analysts and then the technology in adaptive analytics makes uh, takes care of mapping those business measures and business dimensions to whichever native format their preferred tool of the day for uh, end user data visualization or bi uh, preferred so that could be tableau power bi even excel but also uh, many, many other BI tools. So because adaptive analytics takes care of that mapping of the business model to what those tools can represent and can, can show to them natively, it significantly shortens the time to insight for those end users. And then the best part uh, for me as a techie is why we're calling it adaptive. So adaptive analytics will not just make sure that it all looks splendid from a business perspective, but under the hood, it will automatically monitor the queries that go through this business model. And while initially it will map those queries directly to the source tables and source data structures, it will start looking for frequent patterns and it will pre-aggregate interim results for those. It will cache query results for those in a very smart way so that it can serve future queries of those pre-built structures so that it it can support many more users, 
much more data, much more effectively. That's all, that's all going totally autonomous. It's, it's a really cool piece of technology. Right, right. Nice. And, you know, I think um, when we had Carmen on a few episodes ago, we talked a little bit about um, the differences between like a partnership and, and a homegrown technology in some of these areas. And so a lot of what you mentioned there also reminds me of kind of the business intelligence area where we have Intersystems Iris BI. So um, talk a little bit about how that relates between adaptive analytics and Intersystems Iris BI. Yeah, that's a very appropriate question because it sounds very similar indeed. And indeed, what you would do with uh, adaptive analytics is also business intelligence. Our pre-existing BI engine, which many will probably still know under its older name, DeepSea, is entirely embedded in Intersystems Iris. From the low-level interaction with source tables to our own uh, custom-built MDX query engine, all the way up to the data visualization part, analyzer, dashboard, that's all embedded inside Intersystems Iris. And that embedded model enables us to do a couple of really cool things. So we can make sure that your Iris BI queued always show you real-time data because we keep them automatically in sync with the low-level data structures for our tables. We yeah. can make sure that if you're building an application on Intersystems Iris, that in that application, you can also render a couple of, a couple of charts or entire dashboards that are also customized according to your, um, your application. And just constantly link back and forth so that if you're if you're drilling down in a BI view to a particular list of orders, you can just add a button that immediately goes through your order processing system to to make sure that those orders are, are archived or put on the on the mail. Right. So that right. that model is really applicable to application partners that want to keep their deployment simple um, and just have powerful analytics embedded into those applications. Now. With adaptive analytics, we're targeting a slightly different uh, audience. So I already mentioned that um, we're catering to business users that may use a variety of other third-party tools, Tableau, Power BI, Excel, etc. Um, so you may be working in a in a big organization that has a really large data warehouse that needs to support those different user groups, each with their own preferred tool. So that's where adaptive analytics can can provide exactly that capability. So making sure that those business users can see their business models in the tools that they prefer to work with. And again, they serve different use cases. So right. having introduced adaptive analytics doesn't mean that we're letting go of Intersystems Iris BI. Actually, if you are an Iris BI user, you'll see that we made a couple of really nice performance enhancements in this, uh, in this release. So they're just two separate use cases. And in the next release, we'll also be looking for more interplay between the two. Right, right. Nice. Yeah. And that, that is another kind of um, theme of what we talked about a couple episodes ago about these different technologies working together and, and fitting different use cases for different customers. Um, so going back kind of to the, the rundown you gave before, uh, you mentioned a little bit about integrated ML. So uh, tell us what's new in that, in that area. Yes. Last fall, we did release uh, integrated ML uh, on a 2020.3 based kit. And now um, we're making it part of the, of the main release of our Point one release, which is always which is the extended maintenance release, so that's really making it a standard part of the kit. Um, what inter integrated ML offers, uh, Tom Dyer in our team already uh, had a podcast specifically devoted to this project. Uh, yep. But in a nutshell, the the idea of integrated ML is that it offers a simple SQL interface for advanced automated machine learning, so that your application developers can start taking advantage of ML right in their application. Right, right, nice, and. Uh... 
So I think kind of packaging those together and, and you know making it streamlined for people to be able to take advantage of all those features. Um, so that sounds like a lot of analytics stuff and, and a lot of stuff in with uh, between you, Carmen, and Tom, the product managers that we talked to last time. Um, a lot in your area. So uh, tell us a little bit about what else might have happened in, in other areas of the product. I mean, what else? <laughs> well, it, it would be a little unfair to monopolize everything on uh, with with analytics. <laughs> but some of the other, uh, one of the other main highlights of this release is our support for Kubernetes. Um, if you're a system administrator and you manage to get your work done in less than 80 hours a week, you're probably using it. You're probably using Kubernetes because software environments really have got it have gotten complex to configure and manage. And Kubernetes is a tool, an open source tool that helps you with that. And it's got a huge ecosystem and support by all major cloud vendors through dedicated Kubernetes services. So what Kubernetes does is it facilitates the declarative configuration and automation of containerized workloads. That's a, that's a mouthful, but what it means is that it, mean, it helps you to dynamically scale and make your environments highly available by writing simple configuration files uh, rather than operating five different interfaces with uh, 20,000 buttons each. So how do we support Kubernetes? So we've, we've released the Intersystems Kubernetes Operator, um, which is available with Intersystems Iris 21.1, and it extends Kubernetes with um, best practices with, with an operator that can help automate the management of an Intersystems Iris cluster. So it embeds best practices, it embeds a bit of boilerplate stuff to just make everything smoother and, and really work well so that you don't have to uh, do all, you don't even have to do all of that typing of that very simple text file. Right, right. Nice. Yeah. And I think uh, over a year ago, we did a podcast episode about Kubernetes, the technology, but not so much about the Kubernetes, the intersystems Kubernetes operator. So good to know um, that that's one of the things that people can look for in this release. So kind of along that topic, does that mean, would you say that customers should now pretty much be all be using Kubernetes as part of their uh, technology stack with within Iris? I think it's worth a look for every system administrator, but it's absolutely not a must. Um, we like prior uh, products such as uh, Intersystems Cloud Manager. We, we offer this as an add-on to make your life easier. Um, now with IKO, we actually had to make some of the, the configuration efforts, remember those 20,000 buttons in a configuration interface, we had to make our own um, configuration surface a little more straightforward for IKO to just work. So you've probably noticed uh, the CPF merge pile as some of the things that we've done in the past year uh, to make it easier to configure intersystems IRIS. So administrators can leverage those features in their own uh, environments, in their own scripts, in their own other uh, configuration utilities that they prefer to work with. Cool, cool. So it sounds like a lot of good stuff for analysts, system admins. Um, how about developers? What, what in this release really jumps out at them and can be beneficial for them? Well, it's definitely one of our favorite audiences with the Intersystems Iris. And as usual, we've made a lot of enhancements for them, both on the client-side libraries uh, as well as on the server side. So on the client side, we've done a lot of uh, small things such as uh, .NET Core support, uh, .NET Core 2.1 support, which may be very big uh, to you. Uh, we've added connection pooling for JDBC and have some really good feedback from early adopters on that. Um, and also did some... Com completeness work on the native APIs. But then on the server side, it's probably where the, the, the biggest uh, changes and biggest enhancements are. So many of you will probably be familiar with our gateway technology, which allows you to um, implement business logic in Java or business logic 
in uh, in .NET and then call it from uh, object scripts or call it from your business processes. So we've added Python and R to that list, and we've uh, significantly improved the manageability of those gateways. So we've turned them now into external language servers that will start start automatically. Um, they are declaratively configured, so it sounds a little bit like uh, the Kubernetes story that we just came off. Yep. And we've also made it very easy for those gateways to call back into InterSystems Iris using re-entrance connections. A bit of a tricky term, but what it means is that if you're invoking from object scripts in Java code that is doing some fancy stuff, that now the Java code can just open up a connection back to Iris that's using the exact same credentials, exact same uh, security context privileges um, without you having to do anything. So right. that makes that interplay between your Iris native code and then the code running on your external language server much, much smoother. And it enables just, it, it just um, enables you to build nicer hybrid applications. Right, right. Nice, nice. So it sounds like we're kind of all in here on uh, modern app development with these improvements and, and kind of enhancements. Yep, absolutely. And not just for the app development itself, but also for managing the APIs through which you expose them. So we've also released a new version of InterSystems API Manager, uh, version 2.3, which now has a hybrid mode, which helps you deploy highly scalable and highly available environments. We've also added Kafka support and made some general enhancements to the overall user experience. Right, right. Nice. So sounds like uh, you just listed off a bunch of stuff that we could do future episodes on. So uh, that that's also good to hear. So uh, shifting gears a little bit, um, we've talked mostly about really the data platform side of things. What uh, is notable in the healthcare space for this release? As usual, we've also invested a lot in our, uh, in our healthcare uh, support and specifically in fire support. So in the in, in, in prior releases, we already supported um, fire and smart on fire applications, both in the client and server mode. But now for Iris for Health and Healthcare Health Connect, which are also part of this release, um, we, we've really added a lot of new fire uh, related capabilities, especially if you get the continuous delivery releases, so the 2020.2.3 and 0.4 that we've released in the meantime. So if you, uh, if you hadn't tuned into those, uh, make sure to, to, to look for for their launch webinars and, and, and release notes as well. But now if you if you want to skip all of that, um, so we've got support for Fire R4 transforms, support for Fire profiles, and also for the Fire Path um, navigation extraction language. So that's really upping our game for Fire. Also, if uh, to help customers migrate to our platform, we've extended the HL7 migration toolkit to automatically convert transformation logic that was developed on third-party platforms Cloverleaf, DataGate, or eGate. So anything you did on those interface engines can now uh, be migrated automatically to HealthShare Health Connect or Iris for Health. Right, right. Nice. That's great stuff. Um, so last question here, um, kind of, you know, one of the things that I feel like comes up with every new release really is a question. What does this mean for existing cache and ensemble customers that might be out there? It's just a ton of new reasons to switch over to, uh, to InterSystems Iris. So, right. We think many of our customers that are still uh, on Cache or Ensemble will be migrating to this release. So we've been on the market with InterSystems Iris for about three years now, and many customers and partners have already made a jump, including our biggest partner, Epic, who has their first customers running live on InterSystems Iris for a while now. 
Um, so we've, we offer tools to convert existing instances to IRIS and to help you through this migration. We also have staff on hand to advise as appropriate. And at the other end of the migration, there's a faster, more robust, more secure, and more scalable platform waiting for you. So your mileage may vary, but we've seen customer throughput increase by 10% up to 100% just from upgrading from Cache in Ensemble 2018.1 to the latest Iris releases. And then they even have to start looking at all of the new stuff that we added right. in the meantime to Iris. Right, right. So yeah, so you know, with each release, it feels like there's just more and more that uh, adds up and more reasons for people to move to the the you know Iris platform and to be able to take advantage of all these features. So, um, Benjamin, thanks so much for joining us again, and uh, I'm sure we'll have you on soon about some of these topics that you mentioned as well. My pleasure. Thanks, Derek. Thanks again to Benjamin for joining us. If you enjoy hearing Benjamin break down our product stack, definitely check out episode 17 from this spring when he helped us to dive into the analytics and AI part of the InterSystems technology stack. Keep an eye out for more materials around this most recent release, and as always, check out learning.intersystems.com as well. One notable change we made recently on the Learning site has been the addition of a Learn the Latest button on the homepage. This will show you items in the Learning Catalog that have been released within the last 90 days, so it's a great way to know if we've published a new video or course or any other online materials. That'll do it for episode 19. We'll see you next time on Data Points.